Well, hello and welcome back to the Basic Bible Podcast. I'm your host, Kevin Thompson. And today we are welcoming back to the podcast, Evangelist Dan Knickerbocker. Brother Dan, welcome back. Well, it's a delight to be with you, Kevin, and I, I appreciate the opportunity. Well, we were just talking, this is your 45th year in ministry. Is that, is yeah. that abruptly? Yes. Wow. That, that's just an incredible... Uh, they, right, uh, my pastor at where I'm at now just celebrated 40 years in ministry. Amen. So, um, it's possible to keep going and to go strong. We see all of these. It seems like every other week you hear about another big name preacher who's fallen. Um, but that doesn't have to be the case. And, and Brother Dan, people like you remind me that you can be faithful to the Lord and Lord will bless and uh, you can you can still serve the Lord even after forty five years. Yes, I'm busier now than I think I've ever been. So I thank the Lord for that. And so this is your twenty second year in evangelism. Yeah, twenty second year in evangelism and uh, twenty three years pastoring, and I, and I started a year before that, so it'd be forty five years. That's incredible. Well, thank you for your faithfulness and the example Amen. that you've been. Amen. All right, well, we want to jump in, and we're going to talk, and uh, we'll, we'll give out your website and everything later, uh, Revival Ministries, and uh, you've been a great blessing to me and uh, to many other people and churches. Uh, we're going to be talking, today is our uh, our Father's Day edition of the podcast, and uh, Dan, you've written a, a booklet on this topic, and I know you've preached on the home, you've preached on, on uh, family conferences before, and so um, you had a great dad. And from what I'm told, you yourself are a great dad. I know you're not going to say that, but I'm going to say that for you. because uh, I've spoken with your kids. Um, and so I thought, man, you'd be just a great guy to have on our podcast today. So, Amen. so tell us, uh, let's, let's first talk a little bit about your dad. Tell us about your dad. Well, my dad uh, was uh, a first-generation Christian. Um, he accepted Christ as his Savior uh, through a, the, a preaching conference, a, a youth conference with um, uh, a, a great preacher of days gone by. Um, and uh, I'm, I'm trying to remember his name right now, but it's, it's, it's left me for a second here. But um, Percy Crawford was his name. And he did a lot through the um, Youth for Christ Yep. My dad ended up going to Baptist Bible Seminary in um, uh, right there in Endicott, Johnson City, New York, and uh, got sick in the middle of all that with Crohn's disease and had to get out uh, and uh, never really technically finished his education, but started five churches and five Christian schools and raised five boys to serve the Lord. So uh, he was quite the... Um, quite the uh, man of God, that uh, little did I realize until after he's gone, do I realize the impact that he had. Yeah. Uh, they had 16 grandchildren, and um, 11 of them are in full-time Christian service. Wow. And uh, that's a huge blessing. The rest are in church, and um, it's wonderful to, to, to have those kind of results. I, I'll never forget, my father said to me one day, and my other four brothers, he said, he said, let's go, let's go into the bedroom and have a prayer meeting. Now, normally when it, we went into the bedroom to have a whaling expedition, but <laughs> yeah. this time it was to pray. 
And uh, he said, you know, boys, I won't know how your mother and I did until we find out how our grandkids turn out. Hmm. That was a pretty uh, sobering thought. And my, the years have gone by. Now we're into uh, grandchildren. And, uh, you know, it's, it's exciting that uh, thus far, um, they're all in church and uh, living for the Lord. It's just a real encouragement. So tell me, what are some of the things that you learned from your dad? Well, I'll never forget the time I said to him, Dad, I want to I wanna grow long hair, you know. And, uh, and he goes, well, where are you going to live? <laughs> and uh, I thought three square meals and a warm bed every night is better than having long hair. So I decided against that one. And then uh, there was a time he said, I, he said to me, Daniel, would you like some new clothing? I said, yes, I would. He goes, well, why don't you get yourself a job? And I, I ended up getting a job, and I, I discovered money, I can tell you that. And uh, it's been a blessing. My dad had such influence on us. He was a strong Christian. He was a disciplinarian, uh, but he did it in love. I never got a spanking, but what I got a time of prayer with him. Yeah. He never spanked us unless he prayed with us. And, um, you know, uh, it was just wonderful that he he made sure that, uh, that he let us know where he stood and why he stood there. And, um, you know, those first generation Christians, they know how to fight the good fight of faith. Right. And they're not afraid to take a stand. Yeah. And as the generations uh, go along, a lot of generations, the second generation sometimes just enjoys the spoil of what their parents gave them. And the third generation sells out to the enemy. Yeah. You know, and that's basically what my book is all about. Right. You've seen this book, haven't you? Yeah, yep. yeah that's the book um, on which generation do you represent. And the message basically is the first generation fights the good fight. The second generation enjoys the spoil of what the first generation gave them. But then the third generation, they they want to do something different. Yeah. And they, they sell out to the enemy, and boy, it's tragic. Yeah. So how do you avoid that? Because you're, you're a second generation. Um, and I'm a second generation, but my dad was a first yep. generation Christian. And so I've got kids that they're third generation. But um, how, how do you, you recognize that, first of all, mm -hmm. um, that, that that's kind of a trajectory that you could go. But you didn't go that trajectory, and, and it doesn't look like your kids are going in that trajectory. So what, what hope do you give us here? How, how can we avoid that? Well, I, I think that the, the real the real um, seller of this whole thing is that my parents uh, were real. Yeah. Uh, they struggled financially, but they never complained. Uh, they treated us with respect and loved us unconditionally. Sometimes when a child is troubled more than another child, they treat the troubled child worse mm. because they're irritating. And then they lose that child because they that that child sees um, a, a respecter of persons. Yeah, and so they they turn from their parents because they know that they were unfair, or that they showed favoritism. So that was something that my parents never did. I never heard my parents arguing. They never yelled at us. In fact, my mother spoke softlier. Uh, when, um, you know, when she was uh, disciplining, she'd almost whisper, you know, and so it got our attention and we knew she was dead serious. Mm. 
you know, and then the other thing was they never gave me a reason to not want to serve the Lord. Yeah. Um, you know, uh, to give you an illustration of a third generation, my daughter and her husband, um, since they've been married for, I think, 15 years, they uh, they were serving as an assistant uh, pastor and and Sunday school teachers and working with youth and and in education they were school teachers. Uh, my daughter she she called me recently and said, "Dad, you know I I uh, I there were two things I always wanted to do when I was a kid at home. I wanted to play the piano in church, and I wanted to uh, be a pastor's wife." Hmm. And she said, I just saw you and you and mom loving it so much that I wanted to be what you were. Yeah. And that that really, that really uh, just, man, I almost started crying right there on the phone because I thought, and then then she she became a pastor's wife about two weeks later, and they voted him in as the pastor, and she became a pastor's wife. And she goes, Dad, I don't know if I can be a good pastor's wife. And I said, well... Um, if you if that's the attitude you have toward it, you will be an excellent pastor's wife. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so they're they're in it now, man. They're, they they are they are headlong into it. It's about it's about a month now, and um, I just thank the Lord that they could say that. Yeah, you know. And um, I'm going to be ordaining. I'll be uh, the chairman of the ordination council for my my uh, son-in-law, uh, July the ninth. Um, and we'll ordain him, you know, to the public ministry as a, as a preacher. Yeah. You know, that's great because, you know, you oftentimes hear of, you know, the PK, the pastor's kid, and there's, there's a stigma there uh, mm-hmm. and because their parents mistreated them. Uh, you have this whole uh, concept now of deconstruction that mm-hmm. these, these people are walking away from their faiths and, uh, and you're a reminder again that doesn't that doesn't have to happen. No, it doesn't, and and it, it's heartbreaking to see it. Um, you know, there's a lot of lot of preachers that are sorrowing over their kids, and you know, and 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 in some cases, it's not their fault. The peer pressure got them. Right. Uh, the educational educational system got them. Um, they're constantly on their phones, so they're seeing all kinds of compromise yeah. and you know, and uh, all kinds of stuff that would just turn them off to being a Bible-believing Christian. And so they go in the wrong direction, and they they seem to have no remorse about it. Yeah, that that one little device. Man, Satan has used that in great and innumerable ways, and it's one of the reasons why we, you know, our kids don't have them. Good. Uh, and uh, the one, the one, the older teen that has them that has uh, doesn't have any internet capabilities. It can make a phone. Imagine that a, a phone that can make phone calls. Uh, that that's that's not common anymore. People don't do that. But uh, you know, we have that for case emergencies and things. But man, I'll tell you that it, it's such a danger. To, it, you know, it's like handing your kid a loaded gun. Uh, it why really I, is. And I, I don't. I I can't fathom how parents do that. But but they do. Um, Look at all the suicides that are going on right now. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah. just, I mean, I'm overwhelmed by it. I'm 45 and I'm overwhelmed by just what can be done by this thing. I can't imagine giving a child that with unfettered access, 
is mm. just a dangerous thing. Yes. So, Dan, let me ask you this. Um, you know, we have in the news right now, uh, this will be a couple of weeks from now when we actually air this, but I'm certain it'll still be in the news. But um, we have a lot of talk about uh, guns and we have different uh, shootings. But, you know, when you look at, and I don't want to get into the politics of all of this, mm-hmm. but when you look at oftentimes these, these, these troubled people that are behind these attacks, um, fatherlessness, mm-hmm. or, and not just a father who's absent physically, but absent in every other way, um, are, you can see that trend behind a lot of these, these people. So that to me, uh, just emphasizes the need and the great importance of fathers, and especially in Christian homes and Christian churches, the role of father is is so important and so key. So, Dan, my question for you is, what advice do you have to that father um, who, you know, might be tempted to, you know, not be there as much as he should, uh, whether it's hanging out with the guys, you're going out, uh, not necessarily, you know, carousing and, and drinking, but you know, you're, you're working all day. Uh, then when you get home and I get it, I get it. You know, you, you don't really want to, you, you want to relax. You don't need the, uh, another bother, another worry, or, you know, fathers you might be overworked or just, they just don't see the importance of their role. What, what message do you have for that? Well, well, they have to, first of all, understand that children are a gift from God. Yeah. Um, and that supersedes anything else. Uh, they, they are their first priority. Yeah. Now, the wife came first, so she is to be more important than the children. But the children are to be uh, ready to, to listen to mom and dad they need to be giving by giving instruction. Many parents don't instruct anymore. Yeah. They don't show them the negative of drugs. They don't show them the negative of bad friends. They're just letting their children do what they want. Yeah. And there's, like you said, it's unfettered. So uh, these kids get to the place where they could care less about their dad because he doesn't care anything about me anyway. So there has to be a time almost like as a, as a, a, a man, a, a husband would date his wife. He needs to date his children and spend time with them and let them talk. Most kids never get a word in edgewise. The, the parents just yell at them or tell them, did you get your homework done? And what was your grades? And it's almost an attitude of, I got to put up with this kid. And really it ought to be, how, how's school going? Uh, I noticed you had a bad grade for English. Are you having a struggle? Let me help you with your English. Right. You know, and and you work with them. My wife always, well, she's basically uh, pretty much uh, to homeschool our children, you know, and so she really had a chance to either teach them herself or she, we had them in a Christian school where they were, they were uh, under good, good leadership. And, um, the, the, the teachers loved them, so they know they, they, they knew they were loved. They knew that there were guidelines that they had to live by. My dad was, was a man of few rules, but any rules he had, you don't break them. <laughs> you know, so um, my, my dad was not a hard taskmaster. 
He, it wasn't like you had to impress him or you had to make him happy or you, yeah. or you had to do your grades had to be a certain way or you'd get yelled at. It was never that way. Um, but they played games. We played games together. My dad would play football with us, a street football, we call it. Hmm. And uh, 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 we, we did all kinds of things together. Uh, we, we went to camp. Uh, you know, we had vacation Bible school. We, I mean, we had, my dad started a Christian school. So we had, you know, 60 kids and they were all good kids and from good Christian homes. And my dad even took in kids, you know, strays that their parents didn't want them or their parents couldn't control them. So dad would say, sure, bring them over. (laughs) And they lived with us, some of them for years. You know, so uh, he just loved loved young people so much. See, he believed that we're supposed to we're supposed to teach from the cradle to the grave. Yeah, we are never to stop teaching and educating our generation and the generations to come. And I really think that was probably what made made it great for me because I knew Dad loved me and cared for me. Yeah, you know, if you said that. There's never a stop in teaching, but that doesn't mean you're necessarily preaching a sermon. But even no, just no. as you just talked about playing football, yeah, going to camp, and not just dropping kids off. No, but, you know you're 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 engaged with them, showing them that they're they have value and purpose and design. Yes, and I, I want to also just throw in something that you don't you kind of mentioned there about school. Um, you know, I'm a school teacher. That's what I do. I, I teach at a Christian school here. In fact, I'm in my classroom right now. And I'll tell you, you know, I spend a lot of time with kids. And I'll still tell, and, and I cannot emphasize enough the role of parenting in education. Mm-hmm. Um, dropping off your kid in my classroom uh, is one thing. And I'll teach them what I can. But I always tell parents, if I'm not a continuation of what's already going on in the home, this doesn't work. Right. I, I can't tell you how many kids I've, they, I, you know, in my class, they're going to know the Bible. They're going to memorize scripture. They're going to know the basic doctrines of the faith. But unless they see that lived out at home, it's not going to work. I, I, I've sat down with many kids who've told me that the number one reason why they haven't made their faith their own is because they see the hypocrisy at home. And, you know, as much, you know, and there, I know there are sometimes I spend more time with their kids than they do, but their role, the role of parent, role of father, especially if that's not there, right. There's not much I can do. Well, you know what my dad did? He invested in the young people that he taught in the Christian school and uh, many of them went into full-time Christian service, and they didn't have good homes. Yeah. But they saw that dad cared about them so much and loved them so much that, that he was like a dad to them. Yeah. And, um, you know, and he would even visit them on the a mission field. Um, yeah. I mean, he, he just, when you became my dad's friend, you were always his friend. And, yeah. you know, and he was, he was a pastor, so he was dealing with the whole family, he was teaching the kids, and we had kids from other churches, but uh, the ones that, that would let him, he, he really would mentor them. Yeah. So, so we have to see, if a person has a terrible home, that means you want to spend more time with that person. Right. 
and uh, that makes a difference. Yeah, and so, the, so there, again, there is hope. But you know, if, if you're if you find yourself in that situation, maybe you don't have the best home situation. I didn't have the best home situation, but the gospel can overcome all of that. And uh, I, you know, I had some great people in my church. In fact, you you know, uh, my home pastor Jim Wilkes. You went to college with mm-hmm. him at back at uh, Baptist Bible College East. And, uh, you know, he invested his life into me, Amen. And, you know, and that's, that was my saving grace. That's, that's what helped me. Yeah. Amen. Uh, but all right, hope. Go, go ahead. No, there's hope. Yes. And we've got to believe that there's hope and we've got to let the children know that there's hope that God is real. Right. You know, every other bad thing that comes into our life, but God. Yeah. If you study that word, but God throughout the scriptures, it's amazing because it, right. it shows that, that God is is better than and everything else, you know, and yes. and that what's bad is he can correct right. if we let him. So, yeah, the, the, the role of father is crucially important. We need to emphasize that, but we also need to emphasize that if you did, if you didn't have that that role model or you didn't have that that love as a child, you still have a heavenly father who can overcome all of that. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I. I've had to learn from mistakes from my, my, you know, my mom died when I was very young. So it's just my dad and I, my brother, uh, that wasn't the best situation. And he wasn't, uh, the best father. He'd tell you that too. Um, but now that I'm raising children, you know, I have the opportunity to overcome some of that. Yes. And, um, although I'm, I'm still have a cool, uh, quite a ways to go in, in learning some of those lessons. Um, but they're not going to see some of the same mistakes that, that I saw. Uh, so we, uh, we are running out of time for the game, but I just want to ask if there's any other advice you'd give, you know, from, from your background or, or from just uh, on this father's day, what, what message would you like to drive home uh, to the fathers listening to this podcast? Yeah, father, fathers need to teach their children the Bible. Yeah. I mean, really, really uh, find, do it by the stories in the Bible. Hmm. And, and, and give a moral to the story. What was the moral of the story? Uh, how, can, how can we use what happened to them? Yeah. You know, it's like, it's like uh, Noah and the ark. And notice how his sons and his, their wives' lives were spared, and that was it. Mm. You know, here's, here's a man that they believed in, and they followed him, and they built that ark. When no one else would, they did. They did, and they they went against all odds, and 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 it paid off. They lived, and the others died. So, uh, really, that's a perfect illustration of what happens with our young people if the parents don't do their job. Right, they're going to lose their children. Yeah, and um, you know they have to remember. My top priority is not my job. My top priority is my children. Yeah and make a priority to spend time with them. If you have to work a lot of hours, then you've got to really budget your time. When you come home and want to be a couch potato and watch movies, no, 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 no. No, go into your kid's bedroom and visit with them and talk with them and see how they're doing and take them take them out for ice cream. I always take my grandkids. When I come home, I, we go for ice cream. That's That's top priority. And it was funny because my little grandchildren, they, they couldn't even eat a whole ice cream cone by themselves. Now they can eat two, <laughs> you know, but that's something that I want to was still in them that, that I love them. And I want, when I can be with them, uh, we're going to have a good time together. You know, it's and something that, that we look forward to also. 
yeah, you, you know, you mentioned earlier that children are a gift, mm-hmm. not a hassle, not a burden. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, I, I've been there. Uh, I, I went through a period of time where, you know, I got home from work and man, I just want to veg out and just, and, and my kids suffered because of that. Mm-hmm. And it took me a while and it took some confrontation from my wife and others to say, Hey, you need to do your job. And then, so, you know, I, I got a conviction about that and I, uh, started, you know, even just with my, my youngest Leroy, we'd go downstairs, we'd play basketball and, uh, even just a few minutes out there, all of a sudden I realized you know, a lot of those discipline problems that were there started going away. Yes, they um, will. And I realized, you know, I've got some pretty cool kids. <laughs> and, you know, um, and that, you know, became a way to relax. Yes, it is. I'm with your kids. Yes, I think that and, that's very important that, yeah. we, you know, we always say we need to relax, but one of the greatest ways to relax is just to spend time with your kids. Right. And, you know, you know what I, you know what I, I wish I had now? I wish I could go back 10 years, 15, yeah. 20 years, and sit down with my kids again mm. on my lap and just talk to them. Yeah. Um, it's gone. It's all gone. Yeah. And once once the kids go, it's it's their own life now. Right. And you know, that's why some parents wonder why don't my kids ever want to see me? They never call me. They never only if they want something, it's because you neglected them. Yeah. Or you gave them too much and spoiled them. Mm. And now they, 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 you know, they got out of you what they wanted. Now they're going on to something else. So there's, it's a very tricky thing. Yeah. Well, we've got to, we've got to get going. Thank you, brother Dan. You could be praying for me and, and my son. We have a, we've been going through quite an issue um, right now. Uh, we've been watching the NBA finals and, you know, he's a Warriors fan. And that really concerns me as, as you know, born and raised in Massachusetts. Actually, I wasn't born in Massachusetts, but um, being raised, by, I'm a Celtics guy, man, you know, I feel like I've done something wrong. No, I'm, 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 I'm kidding. But that's, you know, one of those ways that, you know, that's, that's how I connect with, with Tony right now is through the NBA. Um, and uh, someday he's going to come around. And see the truth. But anyway, uh, so then we will talk about Revival Ministries. And we can check that website out at revivalministries.net. We're going to have a link to that. And our recommended resource for this week is Which Generation Do You Represent? That's the book that we were talking about uh, just a few minutes ago. And I want to recommend that you go and get a copy of that. You can buy that off of uh, that website, uh, Brother Dan's website. You can also find you've got a lot of sermons on there, audio sermons, video sermons. You've got other uh, books. And again, I, I highly recommend your prayer journal, which uh, I've used in my classroom. I've used it with my kids and uh, it's a great Amen. resource. That's great. So, Pastor Dan, thank you for joining us. Thank you for taking the time out and, uh, and chatting with us. And we'll, we're going to invite you back on Mother's Day uh, next year to, to talk about that. Well, I look forward to it and may the Lord bless you and, and your work w- working with young people and uh, stay encouraged and Believe that God is able to do exceeding abundantly above all that we could ask or think. And so check us out www.basicbiblepodcast.org. You can find all that information, all those links to uh, Brother Knickerbocker's site as well. So until next week, have a great rest of your week.